0: Welcome, welcome to Beyond the Sunday sermon. Uh we are back. I'm Pastor Craig and Pastor Jerry as always, and our special guest. He has descended from the heights of the producer's booth to join us lowly. Folks, Alex Gonzalez, welcome. Welcome, brother.
1: Good to be back.
0: Yes, I'm good to sure be back. We will have uh some wonderful questions as oh, always. Um we looked, we finally finished uh, Ephesians 1 through 14. Uh, and I, f- I focused on the sealing of the Spirit and uh, what it means to be to the praise of His glory. So it was those last three verses. Um, and yeah, those were, those were the two main foci, if you will the sealing of God by His Spirit now, uh, for the sake of the future, and then ultimately with the ultimate purpose being to the praise of his glory. Um, I do want to make one comment. I had a um, uh, congregant come up to me afterwards and offered me some great insight into what it means to be the guarantee of an inheritance. Mm. And so it is interesting that another most of our Bibles have a little footnote that says down payment. So I played with that metaphor of the down payment of a mortgage, his point was, and he knows finance way better than I do, so this is a good mm. lesson to mm. pastors to, <laughs> to not run out of our lane. But it's actually, if you're a guarantor of an inheritance, it's something much better than just receiving a down payment. Mm. So a comparison would be if a, a, you know 18-year-old is renting a room from someone, they're, probably the landlord does not trust the 18-year-old very well, so they're going to want a guarantor on that rent and it could be the parent or whatever. Mm. But the guarantor is to say 100% of what is required is guaranteed by that person, Mm. which I do see as a part of what Paul is getting after. Mm. So um, I I think there's probably both going on in this passage where you have right now we have been sealed Mm -hmm. as a, you could say, guarantee, even though we don't experience fully the Holy Spirit now. We're still trying to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Sin is still at work, um, but there is a sense in which that holy, the Holy Spirit sealing us, does fully guarantee our inheritance. It's not, it's, it's not sort of partial, um, even though the current part experience is partial. Hmm. So I thought that was that was a helpful. He 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 was sort of saying how we, I kind of underselled it. Even as mm-hmm. good as it sounds, being a down payment of mm-hmm. someone who won't forsake or. or you know, to fall on a loan, mm. uh, being a guarantor is even better. Mm. That, mm. that the Holy Spirit really has, there's no doubt mm. that God mm. will give us the inheritance or we will become uh, God's inheritance. Mm. Even even if you, it was
1: the- there's no doubt even if you have doubt? Uh,
2: yes. So that was going to be <laughs> my, my question with that. Um, so right there in that verse where that, um, or at least the sealing it happens where it says in him in verse 13 in him, you, um, also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, we're sealed with the Holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Um, so I guess the question would be to, as Alex was bringing up, maybe the doubting Christian is how can I be sure that I was actually sealed with the spirit, if you point back to belief, we're like, okay, how can I be sure that I, that I believed? Um, because yeah, that's, uh, I can see somebody wrestling with that very thing. Um, is there any visible evidence that I can look to? Is, is, is a question, is there, anything, is there anything tangible that I can touch and say, yes, I am guaranteed. I'm reminded that I'm guaranteed.
1: I think, I mean, that's a hard question and hard, it's not a maybe an easy answer, but it's a hard question that it seems as if this is what's the chief principal reason for the divisions of the denominations mm-hmm. is this question is if I'm saved, if I'm once saved, am I always saved? And uh, it's definitely a question that I wrestle with, to be honest, because there are seasons and ebbs and flows where I feel that I, I feel the fruits of the spirit. I see, I can, I read a note that I wrote when I was like younger and I'm like, Whoa, you know, I, I, it's, it's gradual. So sometimes you don't see it every day, but I, I think it's evidence in my life of the people I surround. And so there's that there's evidence, right? There's all these little pockets of evidence. Um, but I think this is an important conversation because this really wrestles with assurance mm-hmm. And I think if you don't have assurance, it's going to be kind of hard. You're going to be your whole life
2: uh, kind of in distress. Which is ironic because Paul is actually trying to give them, ins- give them assurance. Right. <laughs> so but I yeah. guess we're trying to get behind the veil a little bit and say, how can I even begin to know that this is true of me so that I can be assured? Is that the right question to ask of this? or? Yeah, I'm
0: not totally convinced. I mean, certainly we can talk about this topic. I'm not totally convinced it's the right question to ask, though, mm-hmm. um, because in, in Paul, in this part of the letter, it's this thanksgiving. He is, mm-hmm. he is extolling all the ways that God has blessed us mm-hmm. in the heavenly places, and he's adopted us, he's chosen us, he's, you know, to be holy and blameless, he's given us forgiveness and redemption, and we're, like, caught up in this cosmic unity in Christ and in him, in him, in him. Um so he is speaking to Christians and is saying you have been sealed. Hallelujah to mm-hmm. the praise of his glory you've been sealed for a purpose that will will sort of drag you into heaven. So will we'll, I didn't mean to say drag drag as far as you are connected. Mm-hmm. Um so I definitely think that's the main emphasis is this encouragement comfort to those who are in him. The, maybe one logical question, though, would be, how do I know if I'm in him?
1: What's the litmus test? I think the point is there... Is there an at-home test one could be, take?
0: <laughs> I think part of the point is that there's not going to be an external evidence that's going to give you proof. What, what sort of proof are you looking for? Um, do you believe in Jesus? And, and I think there's a simple... Simple way to ask that and answer. We're not asking, do you believe 100%, 24-7, as a perfect, perfectly sanctified saint? No. He, had, he hasn't even said that that's what your experience will be like. He said you've been sealed. He's going to have a lot more to say about all the things we need to do mm-hmm. in light of that. If it was you're sealed and you're perfect, so
2: you're good then Mm -hmm. that would be a different a different Mm -hmm. point right and i think the clearest external signs that we do have which really it's it's the, the the church itself yeah so being a member of the church like that's that that's a heavy thing all of these pronouns here these aren't you individually alex it's you alex in connection with all these other saints um who have believed you've been brought into this 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 one body and Paul will get more into that later in Ephesians. Um, But also, I think the sacraments are important. Yeah. I think those are just constant reminders. Um, And I'm wondering, yes, I think Paul is wanting to assure, but it sounds like he's also wanting, um, as you said, Craig, to encourage us to persevere. Um, Because it says until we acquire full possession of it, and I I know you brought up that possibly could be God possessing all of it or if it's, if it's us possessing all of it. Um, and all those things yeah. are
0: meant to confirm. Mm-hmm. So just thinking of the word of signs, mm-hmm. so our, the sacraments are signs and seals, and so they confirm what is already true. Um, that at least is the goal, right? But we're never going to have this sort of... 100% external because We would just turn that into some sort of
1: superstitious magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good, I just want to do a quick side note on, I like the reason why we don't have certain things is not because of God's deficiency. Yeah. It's because of uh, some kind of restriction. Because of what you just said, we would make it into an idol. We would overemphasize X, whatever it is. Um I think like one thing that was interesting to me further on in the in the sermon just moving past a little bit from assurance and is is that idea of uh you called it the forerunner um or the idea of the tugboat bringing mm-hmm. you home mm-hmm. um and that idea of having though it's the metaphor kind of I think it's dicey because <laughs> of you, then you say don't think of it in spatial <laughs> so but let me let me go down to see if i heard it right the idea of um the lord the spirit of the lord the holy spirit bringing you to that that um promised promised land of of being fully present in his presence and being fully sanctified right now we have like a tiny hook in us mm-hmm. right And that tiny hook is that, we can say, what, the mustard of faith or seed or whatever. But but it's a little bit, but it's not fully manifest, um, that capital S spirit. Yeah. Um, What's interesting to me about that is that it, in one hand, liberates the Christian from feeling that they have to get to that land on their own. And it's a silly analogy, but it's it's something for all, at least me, if I'm really honest with myself, I feel that I still have to do, there's something I still need to do, and I don't know what that something is. Hmm. I'm, I'm nervous about salvation. Hmm. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he is Lord. I believe in the historical Jesus. I, I see what, what the, the people who profess his name have done with their lives versus those who haven't. I've seen my, in evidence of my own heart changing and praising out and constant prayer. And I see myself praying and all this stuff. Um, but there's, I still also feel, and maybe this is from the father of lies uh, <laughs> that, but what makes you nervous that I'm going to get to heaven and be like, Nope, not mm-hmm. you. And because of X, Y, Z, when you were 15 or whatever, and, or you didn't really believe Or the the famous in Matthew, uh, "I never knew you." Mm -hmm. Uh, How do I get over this all? Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the path? (laughs) I think. I mean, I would just. There's no single. I don't think there's a single sentence. Yeah, yeah, but I. I mean,
0: I would just want to dig more into. You said you believe in Jesus as your Lord. Um, Mm. What is it that you believe? That Jesus has done or who Jesus is and then what is that how does that compare to what you may
1: have done as a 15 year old I know what you're gonna say you know <laughs> that 15 year old sin was nailed to the cross and uh, but I mean that's like interesting it's like do I believe in Jesus versus do I believe in Jesus as my Lord
2: mm-hmm. I think
1: is maybe a question to ask Um, I cry out Lord I believe he is my Lord um, I want him to be, put it that way. Mm-hmm. I want desperately mm-hmm. to be under the kingship of Christ. Mm. Um, and you wouldn't want that if it
0: wasn't the spirit turning mm-hmm. your heart to want that. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. Yeah. I mean, you want to be on that. You want to follow the tugboat yeah, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the metaphor, I think Jesus, Jesus is in heaven, reigning perfectly and the shore is the sort of paradise and we see that with our eyes of faith and in this letter paul's going to keep saying therefore as you're still on the ship live as if you're on shore Mm. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be hard and there's going to be waves and the devil's going to be shaking the ship whatever um but we should expect life on the ship to be hard and filled with doubts, and trials, and persecution, mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things, those should not speak to whether or not Jesus reigns on the shore.
1: Um, hmm. Hmm. I think this is like an interesting, It's this is all touching upon something deeper. Again, earlier I said the idea of like the, what, causes denominations to be denominations, I think is largely this issue. It's the, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the words to experience of this. I think it's really the experience. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to anecdotally say, but I've had a couple, couple friends who have, uh, are essentially waiting for the Holy spirit to baptize them. Mm -hmm. Pentecostal ideas Mm -hmm. where, uh, there's two transitions. There's one right. in. There's one in like you have like the seal of bat like water baptism, and then you have the baptism of fire, mm-hmm. and uh, where this is in, in in a way it's saying you're you are arguing that's not necessarily the case. Where the seal is even like does this happen? I don't know. It, does this even matter the order or sequence of of where? It I think it, I think there are some really
0: important ways that 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 matters. Like reason why we would say that that's not true. I mean, we would say there's one baptism. Mm -hmm. We're not going to denigrate water baptism. Often. I think that's done in a way that like looks at the church and says, look at all these people who have been water baptized who are not real Christians. Mm -hmm. There must be something else. And I I just think that's the wrong way to frame it. Like there's other reasons for sin that doesn't have to denigrate baptism. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you see in Scripture, and you see the—I mean—the history of the church overwhelmingly says we believe in one baptism for the mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. So, whenever Paul is talking about baptism or, or the Holy Spirit, he is often talking about there being one, like we are one, and so. Great tragedy of what has happened in a lot of that strand is there's be, it's become divisive. It's literally divided the church into not so real Christians and the real Spirit empowered Christians. And and the whole point, even when Paul's talking about tongues and all that stuff in First Corinthians fourteen, the point is for the sake of the body, mm-hmm. for the sake of the one church. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've 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 ended up like. Using the Holy Spirit as a way that, to divide. Hmm. Um, I think there's often good intentions. They're trying to account for reality. Like there are people who are really on fire for the Lord and other people who are not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we have to say, well, they're not
1: saved or yeah. their baptism wasn't real. Or uh, another word I heard are like, do they have faith, but do they have saving faith?
2: Right. Is <laughs> yeah, another
1: right. one. But I think it also comes from, an, and I look at my own heart, th- I want this too. It's, it's, it's having those Jesus superpowers, if you will. It's it's uh, not being content with the little hook, but rather want that gas, if you can put it this way. If and correct me if I misunderstood this. The idea is on this life. Let's say we get five percent of the presence of right the the spirit in our hearts again spatially, but like if you think of a gas tank, there's like ninety five percent of us is uh, you know crap not crap but you know it's <laughs> it's it's flesh it's sin five percent is that spirit is it permanent is it like and then like the process through life like little by little that would like be mm-hmm. uh further and further filled and and there would be like a transaction right mm-hmm. um I don't think we can ever reach a hundred percent on earth uh but it kind of this all kind of like Rest, I don't know what I'm trying to ask <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the question the quest, I don't know what the question is But it's like What is the What is the correct Position What is the crest, correct Posture That we ought to take Regarding the seal And regarding this Like um, Endowment of the Holy Spirit This down payment mm-hmm. like, What do we Where do we to do with that Other than just Be assured
0: mm-hmm. I mean I think If you If you use the percentage Language then we would say sort of like the mustard seed example being touched by God at all is is enough is mm-hmm. sufficient um so i think that gets back to who is god what does it mean that actually god himself is dwelling in us that should mm-hmm. be more than enough um so i think i think sometimes we're just it's a category mistake to ask you know Because I only have 2% today, does that mean I'm still saved? You're confusing categories. To be saved is to already be considered adopted and loved by God the Father. Mm -hmm. You are in Jesus, and he sees you in Jesus. That's what it means to be saved and justified. We should expect sanctification to be up and down and back and forth and all, all sorts of things. Um, there's no reason for us to believe that this world is going to get progressively better and our life is going to get progressively easier as we're mm-hmm. Christians. That would be an easy way to point to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit living in you. Like, look, I got more money. I got more health. I got more, maybe not even that cheaply. It can be, you know, life is going better and people around me are converting. Okay, that doesn't mean you're more saved. Mm-hmm amen
2: um yeah hmm. yeah yeah i'm 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 I've been sitting here wrestling with this whole uh you know talking about the spirit dwelling in us or this phrase in him, and do we think about that spatially and I've been thinking about another way to think to to consider it, and instead of spatially spatially, what if it's relationally like how do how does God now relate to us? How does Christ now relate to us? Um, because there's, there's two ways God can relate to us. Either we are under the law. There's another spatial term, which is not spatial, but it's, it's against us because of sin, or we are in Christ or the spirit dwells in us. Um, so it's, it's how, how do we now relate Mm. to God? How does God relate to us? And God is telling us Simply by faith, if you place your faith in him, that's the only criteria he gives. By faith. Obedience flows from faith. It's not the producer of faith. It may it may enable deeper realms of faith, but it's not going to be the starter of faith. Um, but simply by faith, the one criteria, God says, this is what I think of you. This is where you are. This is where I am in relation to you now. Um. <clears throat> So that's, that's been helpful. Instead of thinking about this transactional thing, like, okay, I give this much, God's going to give that much. Yeah. No, we do believe that God fills all things at all times and he's a hundred percent wherever he says he's at, as well as a hundred percent where he says, where, you know, elsewhere, which means that God is always for the Christian, a hundred percent near them (laughs) always. That's who he says he is always 100% fully there. Now our experience of him, that's a different, that's a whole different question. So it's not this transactional thing, God says, "Okay, if you give and if you give an inch, I'll give an inch back. If you give 2 inches, I'll give 3." Yeah. So just keep giving, giving more. No, he's always 100% there. And the the sanctification part is is bringing us deeper and deeper into really where God is already at. Um so that that's that's been helpful for me at least in my spiritual journey when I think about um <clears throat> When I think about it, the experience of, 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 of the Spirit, um, I think what a lot of saints who hold to the baptism of, of fire and, and those particular charismatic doctrines, one of the things I do appreciate about it, take away all the craziness that can come from that, is that they know that it is possible to experience, experience, not necessarily have more of the Spirit, but to experience more of the presence of the Spirit in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's not just head knowledge. It's not just knowing more about the spirit, but it's actually walking in step with the spirit. I think we can appreciate at least that much.
1: Yeah. You can love your wife without understanding how her chromosomes fire her neurons. (laughs) Right. (laughs) To to talk to you. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I
0: think, I think it just to add another metaphor, the metaphor we have in the passage is adoption. And I wonder if adoption and sealing can go together. Well, because Mm. um, in the process of adoption, The literal process of adoption, there has to be, once it becomes final, there is a little literal certificate, Mm. and there's a literal transfer of, not ownership, but but family rights. There's like a ledger. There's literally a ledger. It has to be stamped Mm. by a notary public, whatever, that says this child now belongs to these parents. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to say you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit... I think is to receive that certificate Mm -hmm. and to say, you now belong to your heavenly father. Right. And no matter what we do, as hopefully an adopted child would have this assurance too, no matter what we do, we're
2: never going to question that certificate. Hmm. And and again, going back to the assurance thing and along with what you're saying, that puts, I was just thinking this, it's when, when Paul says that um, when you believed in the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. That puts such a high bar or a, a high quality to what belief and faith is. I think we don't appreciate how weighty hmm. f- faith is in God's eyes. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
2: We think often we can feel faith is just a small thing. How deeply I believe, or how much I exercise obedience, is the real where is where the weight lies. But there's a real weightiness to when one has simple faith. That's when the spirit responds. I have a very bad metaphor that I've been thinking about. <laughs> Thanks in, for in a, the. Uh, I, I
1: I because I think we're touching upon something that needs like, uh, metaphors. You know, metaph is this a metaphor kind of thing. When you have a file on a computer, it exists on your computer locally, it's called. But as soon, even if it's a very small file, even if it's like a tiny picture, as soon as you upload that to Google Cloud, now that becomes accessible in the entire, mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. every part of the internet. You could then go onto another computer and access that file. And even though it's a very small file, it would be. Uh, file in this terms being like faith, I guess. Um, it would be a very it'd be connected to a powerful source. Hmm. So you don't need necessarily like a large file to be connected to Google. Um again, very
0: (laughs) So we're comparing Google (coughs) to God.
1: The Geo Sure. Sure. Oh oh (laughs) um but no um
0: (laughs) they seem to have God like powers often
1: I I mean like I, I, I like the reason I like technology is because I real quick I quick side note why I often use it because, you know, obviously it's like what I do. But but second, it's because I believe that humans emulate what they find. Sure. Even if it's unconsciously what they find to be the truth. So like, you know, we first make the Tower of Babel, you know, because there is such thing as a heavenly realm. We uh, make the Internet because there is such thing as a spiritual world. So it's like our, like we, an easier way to think about it. We see a bird, we make a plane. Mm. So, but we are doing it in a very, you know, man as the forefront. But it's, I think God is trickled everywhere. So I'm saying all that because I think some of these like common things we do day to day is actually like what's happening in the Christian life too.
0: Mm.
1: So again, I don't know if the Google... Upload to Google Cloud versus having it on your single computer, but you wouldn't be able to go on the internet if you weren't connected to Wi-Fi, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. that same way, that man wouldn't be, man would die on its own. It would right. get rusty. Right. It won't be activated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I my question before you even talk about that. My question is, when you guys were young, what what did you struggle with in terms of this these kind of like. You know, obviously you've done some reading, you've done some preaching. Uh, What were some of the holdups of this kind of, like, idea of, like, assurance, but specifically, like, the seal? I I don't really
0: remember a time struggling with assurance. Uh, And I think that's, I see that as kind of a negative, because... I think it's because I never really, I didn't encounter sin in a deep way. Like my at least my conversion, like as an early Christian, it was more about I have found this purpose and I want to surrender to God all of my other desires and purposes for this one overwhelming truth. Um, it wasn't until later that I got a better sense of like what sin is, but I think there, I think maybe I'm the product of. Overcompensating in reform theology, where where assurance is almost taken for granted, where it's so easy to have assurance, Mm -hmm. so that's a. I I guess I would just say it's a negative. It's not taking sin that seriously, and not taking God's salvation as such a high, high thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say for me, I did. I grew up Christian, and I did wrestle with assurance for many. Many many reasons, um, but the older I the older I became, older I got, I think my when it came when it comes to this particular doctrine, um, it was more how can I be sure about something that is just audibly told me like I just I, I either see it visibly in, in black and black and white or I hear it from a pastor. How can I be sure that this audible declaration of love and this that comes to me in almost this invisible way. How can I be sure that it's actually touching me to some extent (laughs) that I can actually touch and experience. And I think I miss that it's not invisible. It's not this invisible thing that I just have to ascend to Mm. and just think about deeply. There are, there are actually tangible ways that the spirit shows himself to be real in, in my life. That now I I don't rest my assurance on how much or how often or when because sometimes that sometimes that feels like, oh, I've I've committed a sin and I'm convicted of it. No, that has the reverse effect sometimes. I don't I'm not sure because I sin, but the conviction there is actually a sign that I do. Um I think like what's helped though is remembering the role role of the spirit. The spirit, yes, he he seals his promise but remember, it was Christ who promised it, and the Spirit is always the one pointing back to Christ, and He imprints mm-hmm. Christ on us, mm-hmm. which means suffering is going to be the ebb and flow of our life, just like it was the ebb and flow of Christ's life. Um, faith is going to be hard. Faith is going to be really, really hard. I don't think – I don't want to – it's hard to say that faith was hard for Christ, but I do think it wasn't easy, whatever word you want to use there. I do think faith – Christ had to exude and trust and walk in the the spirit. He had to. That was, he had to trust in the promises of his father. In the same way I have to, though sin dwells in me and it didn't dwell in Christ, I have to trust in in the promises of God. Um, So that's what's helpful. That's what's been helpful for me is remembering that the spirit applies Christ to me. Not just Christ, the resurrected one, but Christ, the suffering one. Um, so therefore I'm going to suffer. There's going to be sin in me that I have to die to, just the same way Christ had to die for sin. There's going to be sin in others that I have to deal with that's going to be hard, that can make me respond in negative ways. Um, and there's going to be evil and suffering that comes upon me unexpectedly that I have to um, at times give in to. <laughs> and remembering that, that is, those are all ways that we can look at and say, wow, the the Spirit has worked Christ in me. So that's, that's been helpful for me when it, when it comes to, and also remembering the sort of attaboy that, that God gives us there at the end. And this is what I wanted to bring up, where it says twice in our, in our passage that all this was done to the praise mm. of God's glory. And Craig, you brought up, like, does that sound selfish? And I liked how you said, mm. well, yes, but the real question is, is it wrong? Yeah. Is it wrong? But I'm wondering, is it actually selfish? is it or is it the most selfless thing that one that God can do mm. because God is doing everything for us and the response from us to him is is praise mm. and i just think about i mean you guys just think of anybody that you've looked up to that you've worked with that's mentored you and when 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 they see you doing the things well that they taught you to do and they're happy about it and they feel good about it. Doesn't that make you feel good also, or do you feel like, oh that's selfish? Mm, they should they shouldn't feel this way. No, oh. I feel even closer with Yeah. That it's, person. It's God's it's God's attaboy. Like, yes, that's my child. Mm, mm. It's to the praise of his glory. So I don't think it's I don't think it's selfish at all. Mm. I think it's extremely selfless. Mm. Um so yeah, that's I, I think that's that's also the encouragement is when God sees us like seeing Christ imprinted on us every time we repent, every time we confess, every time we, we take that simple step of faith towards one thing and away from another, it's always to the praise of his glory. Mm. And I think if God had a face and he could smile, I think there'd be a massive smile on his face. Mm.
0: <clears throat> That's a beautiful point. Mm.
2: Yeah,
0: I think it's, it's, it's selfless <clears throat> in that willingness to like create. Mm. Outside of himself mm-hmm. um and it's selfless in how he accomplishes our salvation mm-hmm. and it ends up being it ends up being sort of selfish in the way that it it still focuses us on himself right right but to focus on himself is to focus on a selfless right love right, and so he has to be selfless in order to show himself Right. Because that's mm-hmm. who he is mm-hmm. which is really amazing right
2: (laughs) it is it really is it really really is Hmm.
0: let's uh let's end in just contemplating that beautiful (laughs) yeah i'm kind of lost words (laughs) (laughs) you had another question about the tangent you thought i took
1: oh yeah um Um, um, i was just not necessarily we don't have to go too deep into the tangent itself i was just wondering why you decided to talk about that um the concept of uh what is, what? what's the fancy Christian work? Ecclesiology? Eschatology. Eschatology. <laughs> Eschatology. I'm learning. Uh, the, in other words, it's one's view of this world or yeah. the state of being. And you gave two kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum where some folks have a high, you know, they, they're just all about um, accomplishments or what, not not even in a vain way, but just like, what could I do right now? And the other folks are essentially waiting for the sky to fall. Because like, what's the point of anything? I'm just going to wait for the New Jerusalem. Why did you uh, decide to bring this up? I I just... Yeah, in terms of like... In in, in relation to the seal. Yeah. I was trying to ask why... Why
0: is it important that we believe we have been sealed? Mm. Um, And not so much what will it look like. Because what will look like will be a lot of the rest of the letter. This is what it means to walk in the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. That sort of thing. But to me, part of the part of the importance is what we've talked about: assurance, Mm. knowing that God has chosen you and loves you, and also expecting the Spirit to be at work in us. Mm. Mm. And so that then let so you have expecting the Spirit to be at work in us, but then you have this now and not yet. That's right there. The you have been sealed, past tense until the acquiring of possession. Mm. And so I think it's there, the, the past tense been sealed, the ultimate future of the final day, mm. full possession. So then it's like, which one do we mm. focus more on mm. or take more for granted? Mm. Um, so that's where I saw it in the passage. And, and I, think, I think some Christians can be so excited about spiritual transformation now that they do forget, so that's the over They forget it's not all going to be now. It's not all going to be good, like mm-hmm. Jerry was saying. It's going to be filled with suffering. Mm-hmm. So to walk in the spirit is to be filled with suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so that certainly changes what we would want when it comes to spiritual transformation. If you're gung-ho about spiritual transformation, that should mean you're gung-ho about dying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Amen. Because that's the like real way it means to focus on christ but then you of course you have christians on the other end who who don't really expect the holy spirit to do anything now they're like you know i'm a sinner ha ha we all sin and who cares really because we're saved and we're going to go to heaven
1: mm-hmm. um, so where is what is the proper it's stance
2: both. It's both. <laughs> oh you guys in the both hands huh? <laughs> there's a that, that answer applies to a lot of Well, I think that's what the
0: passage said. Like you've both been sealed, and he's clearly waiting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like there's this waiting, so Mm -hmm. you know you belong to God, and you really want to belong to God. Yeah, because you want the heavenly Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. because God will be filling that place with His selfless love. Mm -hmm. We'll be caught up in that glory. Mm -hmm. So I do think it a lot goes back to who God is, right? Mm -hmm. Like if. If you're so focused on this life and this world, you're probably having a small view of God, because yeah. we are—we're <laughs> not even close to having a full experience of God, Right. or experience of life. Yeah, of <coughs> what it means to be human in His presence.
1: Yeah, like, right? Like this—I like C.S. Lewis. This. Well, I don't want to get into the into the weeds <laughs> of, of of what is this world and. Oh man! But the idea of. Just to loose the quick idea of uh, you know and I guess evidence for a heaven beyond or a paradise if you will is the fact that um, you know Lewis argues that this world is is kind of like a painting or like a I don't know a foggy mirror. I don't know but I've heard I don't know if he did it but I've heard I've heard this before the idea that you know a painter paints a sunset but doesn't but it's an instance it's a. Uh, because there another because a real sunset exists, he paints that sunset, mm-hmm. and in many ways, I see there's so much metaphor, especially like in marriage and friendship, and just like flowers and death, and oh, there's so many little ironic things <laughs> in creation that whisper to this narrative mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of um, a place without decay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he and he. Even with the
0: sunset, I think there's a part in the weight of glory where he talks about, yes, we even when you see a most beautiful sunset, and you can praise God, and that's supposed to point to His glory, and yet we want so much more. Hmm. We want to be in that.
2: Hmm, yeah. you know, you want to, you want to be experiencing that beauty. You don't just want to see it. Yeah, I like. I think. It, yeah, I'm sorry. Go, go for it. No, no. I I think it's from the same book, but he he talks about it. it's like being, it's like. Hearing a big party going on, but not being able to go in hmm. and participate in it. That's what it's like seeing us. But, scene, but you it. hear
0: whispers yeah. and you hear echoes coming from the walls. Yeah. And there's all these parts of our lives where we, we get whispers mm. and we, we want to be let in. Mm. And one day we will. The thing that we have been knocking at all our lives mm. will finally open mm. and we will be let in. Mm. So, Amen. praise God. We look forward to that day. A-T-L. And we we, uh, we hope to persevere. Until then, thanks for listening to Beyond. And thanks for joining us, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. Thanks. Peace. Adios.
1: <laughs> Which means...